Ohio. It's time for the View from Japan with William Pesek, Tokyo-based author and journalist here on Money Talk. Uh, William, how are you doing this morning? How's your Genki? Are good. Weather is good. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, great. So we want to check in, see what's going on up in the uh, the land of the rising sun. In particular, I want to ask you, how is the new governor doing? And more importantly, has he had you around for tea to seek your advice? <laughs> well, I'd say that so far the new BOJ governor has been pretty quiet. Um, I think there were a lot of very high expectations uh, a, week, a few weeks ago that the changing of the guard at the BOJ would shake things up significantly. Um, back in December, you remember the BOJ did a, a little bit of a rejiggering when it comes to 10-year bond yields and mm-hmm. global markets uh, cratered a bit over it. There was a bit of a mini panic, and so the BOJ stepped back. And I think that um, the new BOJ governor is, is taking his time. He's looking at the, the lay of the land. He's trying to get a sense of how the economy is doing, the extent to which Japan is ready for a change in monetary policy. but. So far, he's been very, very quiet and uh, very predictable. I mean, and that's not how he was billed at all, was it? It was he. First of all, he wasn't supposed to get the job because he was, you know, considered to be a little bit more out there, and he had some some ideas about change. Uh, and then he got the job, and everybody was surprised. And then, yeah, like you said, not 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 living up to that expectation for maybe some some dramatic changes in direction. Is this? Well, you know, his, uh, his MIT pedigree gave people the impression that he would be an out-of-the-box thinker. And he was on the BOJ board, um, you know, back in the late 1990s, and he was a bit of a maverick. You know, he would dissent at certain times when the BOJ wanted certain things. But, you know, I think that in many ways he's been handed a poison chalice, right? I mean, he's, Japan's been at zero rates for 23 years, quantitative easing and it falls to him to figure out a way. I, I think of Japan as playing the biggest, the most dangerous game of Jenga, right? Any piece that, um, the, that the governor pulls out could create problems somewhere else, could create instability somewhere else. And so, you know, it's sort of the worst job in international economics, I would argue. He's, you know, he's the right man for the job. You can argue in many ways, but he's mm. just stuck with a reasonably impossible situation at the moment. I mean, uh, one person uh, who has been indicating their confidence in, in what's happening in Japan is Warren Buffett. Uh, we talked about uh, this on the show when he made it, when he made his moves trading into the uh, what do they call them the Sosu Sosha, the the five big trading houses. Um, I mean, whatever's going on up there, Warren Buffett thinks they're doing the right thing. What's I mean, why why all five of them at the same time? I mean, are they all that similar, or, or are they just kind of indicative of the overall performance of the Japanese economy, or is it these companies in particular? Well, it, these, these five companies, they've diversified quite a bit in recent years and, and remade themselves in interesting ways, but they are very similar in a couple of ways, and I think the most important way they're similar for Buffett is they are very, very stable revenue providers. And, you know, Warren Buffett likes boring, Warren Buffett likes predictable, mm-hmm. and so Warren Buffett is targeting uh, an area of old old Japan, if you will, the old Japanese economy that many investors had you know, sort of left for dead. And so he's revived interest. And I think in many ways, I think of it as the money ball effect. He's trying to like recreate a good investment in the aggregate uh, through the lens of these five 100-year-old Japanese trading companies. And he's done pretty well with the trade. And, and I think the fact that he's kicking the tires here again at the moment looking for other investments, it's a good opportunity for the government here to step up and, and talk about talk more about economic reforms, and so it'll be interesting to see if Prime Minister Kishida notices that Warren Buffett is uh, is here and interested. 
Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the other thing Warren Buffett likes are well-managed companies. Is there, I mean, is this is this a sign that perhaps he's had a look at them or his team at, at uh, Berkshire Hathaway have had a look and they have determined that, yes, these, these old trading houses are keeping up with modern management. They're maybe not at the cutting edge, but they're, they're, they're mastering the fundamentals. I mean, what does this tell us about the state of management in Japan, Inc.? Well, if you follow the money, certainly, I think Buffett is letting these trading companies know that he's satisfied because he is raising the, his st overall stake to about 7.4%, which is good news for these companies. But I think more interesting at the moment is Buffett is talking about making big investments in other parts of the economy. No one can quite figure out where that is. Is that automakers? Is it EV makers? Is it the tech sector? You know, Warren Buffett is not a big investor in tech, um, but in many ways, it'll be interesting to see what parts of the economy he begins to look at. We'll begin, we'll be looking at tourism, right? I mean, Japan is suddenly, after decades of being told to do so, Japan is suddenly taking tourism more seriously. And unfortunately, COVID got in the way in, in recent years, just as Japan was opening up to the world. But, you know, now that COVID's in the rearview mirror and tourism is booming again, is Buffett looking in that direction? It'll I mean, be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, people in Hong Kong are definitely have definitely noticed the yen was kind of low for a while, and everybody in Hong Kong was like, hey, let's go to Japan. But, I mean, then the airline, uh, you know, the air ticket prices have gone through the roof, so that's maybe making it less attractive. But, uh, you know, I hear the big the, the story kind of coming out of Tokyo overnight, which there's, there's new numbers that are telling us that it's uh, not only are foreigners flocking to go and stay at Japanese hotels, foreigners are coming and buying Japanese hotels. <clears throat> this We've got a bit of a story now that uh, foreign buyers have made up to 50% uh, of all hotel purchases in Japan recently. And interesting, what's interesting about these, these uh, sales, or these purchases rather you're talking about, is that they're actually happening around the country. In recent years, a lot of these purchases have been up in Hokkaido, like basically ski country. Um, investors from Australia to the U.S. investing in these ski assets. But you're seeing... You know, some of this money being sprinkled around in places like Kyushu, places like Hokkaido, places, you know, in the greater Kyoto area. So it does suggest that um, a lot of these investors, these foreign you know, investors, are, in fact, following the tourism flow. And it's a, it's a wise bet, I would argue, because a lot of these, um, these real estate assets are reasonably distressed by, um, you know, developed market standards. And, um, you know, tourism is certainly on the rise here because Japan is just safe and beautiful and has great food, just the, the problem is the cost, but thanks to the weekend, that's been ameliorated to some extent, so it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and I know a lot of, I think we've said on the show before that a lot of the Hong Kongers that were up in uh, Niseko this year noticed that the, the mainland tourists hadn't made their return yet, uh, that it was almost entirely foreigners, but not very many from China, so presumably there's still some more upside if, if they are back up uh, up to full strength for ski season next year. What about other parts of Japan? I've noticed a lot of people heading for Okinawa. Uh, I mean, are there other bright spots that we should be looking in the Japanese economy for where, where tourists are going to be going? 30 seconds? Well, you know, interestingly enough, Osaka. I think that the, basically the international airport there in the Osaka area kicks. They've done a very good job in terms of landing fees, in terms of uh, incentives to pull a lot of tourists their way. So a lot of Koreans, a lot of Taiwanese, a lot of mainland Chinese, a lot of Southeast Asians are flocking to the greater Kansai area. Um, Osaka is giving Tokyo a run for its money. So this competition is good. We need more of it. Well, I'm a huge fan of Osaka. Actually, my favorite city in Japan. I hear they're getting a, a casino resort. Some more good news for Osaka. I'll have to go maybe when the airfare isn't so expensive. Thank you very much. William Pesek, Tokyo-based author and journalist and regular here on